it is time to celebrate our new covenant reality. This is really good news because for years, like so many believers today, I approached communion with severe scrutiny of self. You know, I would fast breakfast. You see, I had a Catholic background where you should fast before you go to church because, you know, you're going to eat Jesus. So you're not worthy to eat Jesus unless you fast. <laughs> no, it's a party. It's a party. Communion time for me was always a time to get right with God. I actually taught my children that if you're not right with God, then just let that meal pass by because it will kill you. <laughs> and unfortunately, way too much of the church believes that kind of nonsense when what that passage actually means is if you take this the right way, in faith in the goodness of God, it can save your life physically. Because it's about faith in what Jesus has done, not faith in what we have done. It was all so dumb and self-focused and self-effort and all about self. We didn't realize it, but we were always trying to crucify ourselves. <laughs> always trying to get more and more dead. <laughs> when actually we should have been focused on him and walking in more and more life. So now I understand that Jesus is once for all sacrificed what it has provided for me. I can truly celebrate. I can truly celebrate that I have died in and through Christ. He died the sinner's death. And he in his purity and holiness carried all of our sins and guilt into the grave. And then he arose from the dead proving that holiness and the resurrection power of God cannot be overcome by my sin. <laughs> Our sin could not overpower the life of God in Christ Jesus, and it still can't. This is really good news. And all believers everywhere need to know that sin is not more powerful than the blood of Jesus. <laughs> the blood of Jesus is more powerful. <laughs> Our sins and failures do not and cannot overpower or evict the indwelling presence of God through Jesus and the Holy Spirit in us. We are forever spiritually perfect because we are now and forever one spirit with the Lord. This is always why we need to celebrate Jesus at communion time because our salvation is all about what he has already accomplished and all that he has already provided. So as we approach partaking of the body and blood of Jesus, let us understand that we can spiritually partake of our covenant privileges by acting on our faith. By getting out of the boat. <laughs> Taking communion should be a celebration. It should be a party. Because it's one of the ways that we can act on our faith. And when we act on our faith, we can spiritually release God's power on our behalf or on behalf of another. For an example, we see this kind of thing, acting on our faith, in Acts chapter 3. I have it for you in the Passion Translation. One afternoon, Peter and John went to the temple for three o'clock prayer. And as they came to the entrance called the Beautiful Gate, they were captured by a, the sight of a man crippled from birth being carried and placed at the entrance to the temple. He was often brought there to beg for money from those going in to worship. When he noticed Peter and John going to the temple, he begged them for money. Peter and John, looking straight into the eyes of the man, said, Look at us! Why would they say that? <laughs> Look here, give us your attention. <laughs> we know you're looking for money. 
<laughs> he was expecting. Now, he was looking for money, but he was expecting some kind of goodness coming to him. Expecting a gift, he readily gave them his attention. We, like this lame man, should always come to church expecting to receive from God directly through the Holy Spirit and indirectly through people by the Holy Spirit. This is hope. It is faith for the future. It's us knowing just how good our Father and our Jesus is and being sure that they always desire to minister to us whatever we have need of. Verse 6. And Peter said, I don't have any money. I, can you see the guy's face right about then? <laughs> oh, you don't have any money? <laughs> Keep walking then. <laughs> but I'll give you this. By the power of the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. So the first thing Peter does is speak his faith. What I love about this is that we don't see Peter and John having a prayer meeting. <laughs> trying to ascertain if it's God's will or not for this man to be healed. <laughs> they said, no, no, we know Jesus. It was Jesus' desire and the Father's desire that everyone be well. They knew that health and wholeness was always God's desire for his kids. Verses 7 and 8. Peter held out his right hand to the crippled man as he pulled the man to his feet. Suddenly, power surged into his crippled feet and ankles. The man jumped up and stood there for a moment stunned. I love that. <laughs> Can you imagine? You're like, whoa! <laughs> These things have never worked before. This is awesome! <laughs> and then he began to walk around. As he went into the temple courts with Peter and John, he leapt for joy and shouted praises to God. I think he was saying, let the celebration begin! <laughs> <laughs> what I love about this is that Peter and John didn't just stand there and wait for God to wave his magic wand. What? Isn't that the way we're supposed to do it? You pray and you cross your fingers and you hope God does something over there? It's <laughs> not the way Peter did it. <laughs> Peter acted on his faith even further. First he spoke. And then he acted in accordance with his faith because he fully expected this lame man to receive. And it appears that not receiving was not an option <laughs> in Peter's mind. <laughs> so Peter takes a hold of the man's hand and pulls him up. I love this because this is what a green in prayer looks like. It's us reaching out and saying, my faith and your faith together can conquer anything. Yep, I may be a little wobbly today because <laughs> I'm the one in the storm. I'm the one walking on the choppy water and I may be distracted and I just may need someone to come along and pull me up by the hand and say, Jesus has got you. There'll be no drowning for you. <laughs> it's us combining our faith with another's. It's us pulling on the spiritual reality of healing and wholeness. And we can partake of the same resurrection, healing, and wholeness power of Christ too. The same Jesus that worked for this man is the same Jesus that's working in us. Amen? Verse 9. When all the people saw him jumping up and down and heard him glorifying God, what was he doing? 
He was celebrating. <laughs> he was having a party. Why? Because God is good and he's worth praising. Praise God. Verse 10, they realized it was the crippled beggar that they had passed by in front of the beautiful gate. Astonishment swept over the crowd and they were amazed over what had happened to him. And they joined the party. <laughs> Verse 11, dumbfounded over what they were witnessing, the crowd ran over to Peter and John who were standing under the covered walkway called Solomon's Porch. Standing there also was the healed beggar clinging to Peter and John. It's like, you guys give the best gifts. <laughs> what else you got for me? <laughs> they had something else for him. <laughs> With the crowd surrounding him, Peter said to them all, people of Israel, listen to me. Why are you so amazed by this healing? Why do you stare at us? This is where we got to get. We don't cause healing. We just say thank you. <laughs> because we know the reality that it is in us. The same Christ that healed this crippled man is the same Christ that heals us today. We didn't make this crippled man walk by our own power and authority. Well, you silly people. <laughs> the power and authority was and is Christ. And we, like Peter and John, have the privilege to operate in Christ's power and authority and release the resurrection power of Christ by our faith. We can speak and we can act. And the power of God is released. Verse 13. The God of our ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, has done this thing. It was God at work in and through. For he has glorified his servant Jesus, the one you denied to Pilate's face when he decided to release him. And you insisted that he be crucified. What I want you to see is that the healing work is always God's work. We don't have to try to make somebody get healed. <laughs> we got the paddles, okay? <laughs> the jumper cables, we got them right here on our appendages here. <laughs> they work the same way for us as they worked for him because it's Christ in us. And that's where our faith needs to be. Not in our faith. Not in our ability to believe. We've got to quit looking at us all together and say, is Jesus good? Then Jesus gives. Because he's already said yes to everything for life and godliness. He never says no. That's why they didn't have a prayer meeting to ascertain whether God should heal them or not. They're like, hey, you need stuff. God can help you. <laughs> I love the fact that the lame man didn't have to repent of his sins first. He didn't have to repent of his sins first. He didn't have to feel bad. He didn't have to be beaten up. He didn't have to do anything but believe. So he didn't have to beg. He didn't have to plead. He could only just look unto Jesus. This lame man was simply expecting to receive something good. Are you expecting to receive something good this morning? Are you ready to join the party? <laughs> Verse 14. Then Peter says, You unbelieving Jews are the ones who rejected the one who was holy and righteous and instead begged for a murderer to be released to you. You unbelieving Jews killed the prince of life. But let the celebration begin because God has raised him from the dead and we stand here as witnesses to that fact. Not only Peter, but us. God, Christ is alive and well and living in us and we are witnesses to that reality. Verse 16. Faith in Jesus' name has healed this man standing before you. It is the faith 
that comes through believing in Jesus' name that has made this crippled man walk right in front of your eyes. One of the things I loved about this is that the lame man received a whole lot more than he had ever dreamed possible. He received a miracle. He received healing and wholeness. And I believe at that moment he also received Christ. He became a partaker of Christ. When we as believers partake of communion, we too should expect to receive of our Father's goodness and grace. We can both speak our faith and act on our faith with full confidence that we are pulling on what is actually in our spiritual kingdom and receiving it by faith and releasing it into our physical reality. And when we do, we, like the lame man, can let the celebration begin. And we're going to do the same kind of thing. We're going to speak our faith, and then we're going to act on our faith. So we're going to play, say what Valerie says. <laughs> Father, I believe that Jesus' body was broken for me. And I am now expecting your goodness to be expressed in my body and in every area of my life. Amen. Father, I believe that Jesus' blood was poured out for me so I could be forever forgiven and receive eternal life. And I am now partaking of my new covenant privileges and expecting the manifest presence of God to be revealed in me and through me. Amen. Father God, we thank you for the truth of your word. That you said the kingdom of God belongs to us. And we can have anything and everything that we have need of. All we have to do is believe. Believe that you're that good. Believe that you're that kind. Believe in the finished works of Jesus. That everything you do is by gift and by grace. We thank you, Father God, for all that you have provided for us in and through the Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank you, Father God, for the opportunity to celebrate and receive everything at your hands of goodness. In Jesus' name, amen.